Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, The Big Show, the fascinating and wonderful show. Beans, bullets, bandages, and you. I'm S- Spice. And I'm Electrolyte. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I am Electrolyte. If you, you get paid by the syllable, you're Electrolyte. Call me Mr. Electrolyte. Electrolyte. <laughs> electrolyte Man. <laughs> oh, that sounds much more superhero. I like that better. Electrolyte Man. I'm salty. And, you know, when I sweat a lot because I've been riding my bicycle or working hard, <laughs> if, um, <laughs> sitting there in my desk, at my desk, pounding away on my keyboard when the air conditioner isn't working, I end up covered in salt. And I know why that is, and I know what's going on, and I know what needs to be replenished in my body to make up for what I'm sweating out. Water. Water. Not shouting into the microphone, but water. electrolytes. She was actually said water. If that totally blew away your microphone and you couldn't understand it, it's water. And electrolytes. And electrolytes. So, without further ado, what we're going to do is have our resident physiology person explain the deal of what do we need when we're talking about electrolyte replacements, both in good times and in bad, because it's the same thing. So I'm coming at this from two angles. Two, two, Because not only am I a physiologist who spends a lot of time thinking and talking about electrolytes from time to time, but I am what you might call a salty sweater. Now, question first. Are you coming at this from a starboard angle and a port angle? Because that's salt water. Never mind the maneuvers. Go straight at them. All right. Lord Nelson said that. That was his philosophy. And then he died. <laughs> but not immediately. Yeah, but he, he got did, away with it for quite a while. He did win Trafalgar, and then he died. Oh, well. Yeah. Pressing right along. I'm a salty sweater. My body's not really good at uh, making me sweat. Sorry about the noise there. My microphone slipped a little bit and bounced on me. Um, When you sweat, you have to use the salt to coax the water to go out to the surface so it can evaporate you and cool you. Water wants to go where the salt is. So you can pump the salt to your surface, and then the water follows the salt, and then the water evaporates away, and you're cooled, which was the point of the exercise, but you've also lost some salt. Most people are a little bit better at being stingy about the salt once they get adapted to working out in the heat. My body's not terribly good at that. hasn't been for the last several years. So I'll go on a nice long bike ride on the summer or something, and I'll come back, and I'll look like I'm covered in a fine white powder and I brush my skin, and it's gritty all over because of the salt crystals on my surface, I'm a salty sweater. But what that means is I've lost all that salt from my body fluids, and they're pretty important in there, too, because they control where water goes in and out of cells as well as to and from the surface. And here's one thing I know. When she comes in, And starts to cool off, and the sweat starts to dry. She looks like 
you know, the side of the ocean where it has the leaves the salt deposits. There's just <laughs> ring after ring after ring of salt deposits. And you're just almost like, ew. Because <laughs> when she sweats, she, does, she is a sweater. She's not a stinky sweater, though, which is good. Which is very good, actually. Neither one of us stinky sweaters, which is good. That's because we sweat a lot. It comes from working in the heat. We do sweat a lot. We actually sweat a lot. So, anyway, pressing right along. When we say electrolytes, what we mean, and sometimes we're saying salt, we're kind of using the terms interchangeably. Electrolytes are charged mineral ions, like sodium ions, chloride ions, potassium ions, stuff like that. And when you get two ions of opposite charges, two or more ions of opposite charges... And you put them in a dry environment, they will cling to each other by electrical attraction, and the combination is called a salt. So table salt is a sodium ion and a chloride ion stuck together, repeat about a billion times, and you got yourself a teaspoon or so of table salt. That's why they call it sodium chloride. Yeah. Woo! So you dissolve it into the water, and you've got sodium ions and chloride ions. You've got electrolytes in the water. That's what we're talking about. And you've got... Hydrogen and oxygen, forming molecules. All this living together in a happy, not living. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have no, to throw no, some other stuff in living. there before so, you got, get any of the living going on. But anyway. But anyway, if you get lots and lots of salt water and lots and lots, or lots and lots of salt, lots and lots of water, pretty soon you're going to have sharks. Sharks are everywhere. I don't think that's the real problem. Oh. No. No. It's not sharks that are... It's because you got salt, and you, it's in your water. You got, you know, you got uh, saline. Solution. Yeah, a lot of you is salt water. Uh, there's a whole lot of sodium chloride in your blood. So, like, there's like body little itty bitty sharks, right? No, no, still no. No sharks. That sounds like a, a bad parasitic infection. I don't want to think about from parasitology class so many yeah, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that would get him off the topic. Yeah. He doesn't want to hear about Pressing it. right along. You, know, you don't even want to know what's in those textbooks. You so, really <laughs> yeah. don't want to know. He's learned not to look over my shoulder when I'm reading. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I make, it's even making me itch right now. I'm itching. I'm scratching my head. So there's a lot of sodium chloride in your blood and there's a lot of potassium salts inside your cells. And the sodium and the potassium between them control how much water stays outside the cells, how much water goes in the cells, how much water your kidneys throw away, how much water your kidneys keep, what your blood volume's like, what your blood pressure's like, as well as how much you cool off. And when you get, it's also electrolytes moving across cell membranes that cause all your electrical activity, like, oh, thinking and heartbeat and stuff. So all sorts of things go very wrong when you don't keep the electrolytes at the right levels. So that's the problem when you sweat a lot. You lose a whole bunch of electrolytes, mostly sodium chloride. But not only sodium chloride. And uh, if you lose just the water, your blood pressure gets low. And you start to feel faint. And you can't sweat enough to cool off. And you're looking at heat exhaustion and heat stroke and stuff like that. But even if you're getting enough water, you can have too many or too few electrolytes in there. And then bad things start happening with the way your brain cells work, the way your muscles work, the way your nerves work. 
like coma convulsions, death, kind of bad things, potentially. Okay. But the early warnings are usually things like cramps, because that's muscle cells having spontaneous electrical activity and contracting on you. You didn't tell them to. All righty then. Okay. So this is why you got to pay attention to it. And the more you sweat, the more likely it is to happen. The less adapted you are to working in the heat when you're doing the sweating, the more likely it is to happen. And as I have found out over the past few years, the older you get, the more likely it is to happen because you don't get as good at handling those ions, which is another name for electrolytes. So a lot of people want to replenish these. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about replenishing electrolytes? We've been conditioned. We've been sold. Sports drinks. Yes, sports drinks. And the second thing that comes to mind comes back to my old Boy Scout days. Salt tablets. Oh, yeah. When I was first, well, when I was in high school, they would feed us salt tablets on those hot summer days when we first started practicing sports at the beginning of the year. Yeah, track. And they uh, were awful. Uh, yeah, we, we had the tablets we would eat for per track it would have um i don't know what all was in salt was in it and there was calcium in it and vitamin c was in it and i don't i have no idea what was in it snake oil was probably in it (laughs) probably mostly salt now the the flagship of the sports drinks the original as it were is gatorade and if you look at the label on gatorade what it's mostly got It's mostly sugar water, folks. And sugar water can be useful if you're working for more than an hour at a fairly high level out in the heat. You get to need the sugar. You always need the water, pretty much. But the salt, uh, it's got too much sodium and not enough potassium in it to really rebalance what you're sweating out. So it's got some value to it. Not as much as you'd guess. But... They've reformulated a lot of that stuff from the original, too, to be fair. Yeah. I checked out the Gatorade bottle last last year, though, so I don't think it's very much changed. Some of the other sports drinks I mean, are a little more careful G about it. Did you check a G or G2? They have a, they have a different line entirely, the G2. It's a totally different. It had a little more potassium. It was, it was better. There's The one they sell around here a lot, it's because PepsiCo owns it, and the distributor is Powerade. I think PepsiCo owns that. I'm, I may be wrong. It's Coca-Cola. One of the two owns it. Their distributor, Powerade's distributor, a lot around here. And uh, it seems to have better ingredients in it. The main thing, though, is to look at the ingredient list and make sure that there's a significant amount of potassium in there. That it's not overwhelmingly sodium. But there is a decent amount, like hundreds of milligrams per serving, a couple hundred maybe, of potassium. Now, they do have sugar-free, so it's not even sugar water versions of this stuff. Yeah. But it's still, the sodium or the potassium still is what you got to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So. And you want to make sure it's a usable amount of potassium and not almost all just sodium chloride, which is cheap. People like the taste, but so what are, you, potassium. what are you recommending here, Doc? She's not a doc. I, I am not a she's doctor. She's not a doctor. And I'm not playing one. So what are you recommending here, Miss Mrs. Electrolyte? First and foremost, food. 
Food. Whoa. Food. No, not food. Food. Oh, by food, you mean that little gel stuff that you suck in that has all the sugar in it that gets you 100 calories uh, for an ounce? By food, I mean salty snacks like peanuts are a pretty good choice when you've been working a lot in the heat. But now, that doesn't have a lot of potassium in it, but the vegetables do. But won't that make you thirsty? Why, yes. So drink right up. Drink what? Oh, absolutely. The best rehydration fluid on the planet for across all circumstances on average is water. I was, in all, in all seriousness, what got me to think about this is I was getting a little hydrated yesterday. So what did I do? I popped down a couple of bottles of uh, water real quick, just actual ice cold water. And the thing is, it tastes really good when you're thirsty. If you're not thirsty and you're just trying to push fluid, it's kind of like, but man, if you're thirsty, ice cold water, you yeah. can just you can just suck that stuff down. Now just people boom. will say some pretty squirrely things about the temperature of water being important. Mostly it's about palatability. It doesn't take you it takes you one calorie one one thousandth of a dietary calorie, a literal calorie to heat one gram of water one degree C. That's kind of the definition. So temperature's not important except as it pertains to how much of it you'll drink. There is a thing such a thing as drinking too much water when you're working out in the heat, but you gotta really, really push the fluids to get there. Right. Now, one of the things about water is that you do have to actually realize is you can drink too much water when you're out riding because your body can only deal with X amount of water. It can only absorb X amount of water. The difference per person is difference with your size. About a liter an hour, roughly. Uh, Yeah. I can do a little more than that because I'm a big guy, but not a huge amount more than that. So drinking more than a liter an hour... You know, it's sitting around in your gut waiting to be processed in most cases. And you can feel a little bloaty and stuff like this. Now, I will tell you, though, uh, if you are going to, you know you're going to be uh, heading out and doing some uh, exercise that's going to start burning off the water, uh, it's okay to start early. Start an hour before you go out. And that is good size and bad size. Like if you're cycling, it's the good side is you're going to stay hydrated. The bad side is you're, you're going to have water to stop. Trees. You're going to have to stop and water the trees. Although the pro cyclists, they don't stop. No, they don't stop. They just, um, at least the guys, just uh, do it on the roll. And here's a, here's a true story. World champion, U.S. champion cyclist Georgie Hincampy has peed on spice. <laughs> yeah. He peed on my foot one day when we he were did. standing. We were in a fairly isolated spot because we didn't want huge crowds around us. And we knew a nice, uh, we could ride a bike trail to where they, the road would go by and the pro cyclists would go by on their pro bike race. And almost nobody else would be there. So we did that. But he had noticed that almost nobody was around and, and decided that was a good time to relieve himself. And he comes over the hill and... Oh, he's coming over to my side. Oh, he's <laughs> came over to my side of the road. All right. <laughs> and he just removed the, the the shorts from the side, and there you are. Yeah. Um, I had a guy, choice whether to miss the miss the shot or risk right. Some guys on, just so I, I just took pee the their shot. drawers. If they can't pull over, they'll just pee their drawers and ride on because that's part of it. 
So, like, anyway, <laughs> gotta tell you, the photo shoot, the photo I was taking, his face, people, his face. Yes. So don't go there. Right. Um, now, another thing to keep in mind uh, when you're talking about this kind of stuff, and this is in all seriousness, is it's really easy to tell when it's hot out that you're blowing through the water. But when it's cold out, it's often some, it, it'll, it'll catch up on you, sneak up on you. You may be out cutting, cutting wood in the cold and you're working up a sweat, but it's cold out and you just don't feel the same pressure. When of, you're breathing hard, you actually yeah. breathe off a lot of vapor through your lungs. Right. So you don't feel it as much, but you still have to stay hydrated yeah. in the cold. So for the, Fluid replenishment, water's nice. The if if you're getting it from food, you don't want it to be all processed food because then again you're back to all the sodium chloride. And sodium chloride's valuable, but you want some potassium too. Vegetables have more potassium. Some fruits, like bananas, have nice potassium. And when we get to working really hard, like I'm on a, uh, I have an active sport, and we had a physician volunteer sports med guy volunteer to take care of our team and he would help us stretch out at halftime and he would gauge the strength of our muscles and how much quiver we had when we were resisting pushes on the muscles and he would dole out uh, potassium gluconate tablets because there are the biggest problem we were having we would be drinking enough fluid but we would be getting potassium depleted and it would be impeding our muscle contraction. He could sense it when he was helping us stretch out and he would start doling out the potassium gluconate tablets. Yeah, when you've got an old doc around, and he's an old doc, I mean, he's a, he's a guy who's been around for years. He knew his stuff. He still does know his stuff. I saw him just the other day. Uh, he knows his stuff. And, you know, when, when a doc like that tells you something, you listen to it. Because he's not one of these... Um, Everything needs a big prescription kind of a deal, guys. So, anyway. Yeah. So, was that both points, or did you have another point? Both angles? The two angles were the physiology side and the fact that I get into trouble with it a lot because I'm such a salty sweater. And I have to really watch it. I get crampy in the summer if I have a day where I go for a bike ride and then I mow the lawn and then I spend a few hours working at the place. Pretty soon, all that sweating starts to add up, and I'll start getting night cramps and things. Yeah. Now, that's the other thing, too. I was going to mention, she doesn't necessarily get crampy while she's doing it. She'll be sitting there in the chair, and I'll be like, ah! (laughs) Your hormonal states naturally shift when you sleep. You change how much salt you're trying to save because, frankly, you're trying to help yourself sleep through the night without having to wake up with a full bladder. And the... Hormones that control getting rid of salt have something to do with that, too. So you naturally change your hormonal status at night. I can manage it well enough during the day, but if I've depleted too much during the day, as soon as I start to fall asleep and the hormones start to change, I'll start cramping every time I start to move. And that's not a lot of fun. Also, if you're there, you're pretty close to heat stroke and you're pretty close to incapacitating cramps when you're trying to work. So... Plenty of fluids, water best, 
you want to take uh, salt in, and I, I don't know about you, but I start getting salt hungry when I start getting salt depleted. Hunger's usually not a very I, good gauge of what humans need to eat. We don't have an actual, you know, need for ice cream, but you can sure get ice cream hungry or whatever. But salt hunger, at least, with me is a thing. Uh, but make sure you get a good amount of potassium with it, not just sodium. And we have we have some things that we know. We, we, we'll look at a food, and we'll say, there's miles on that food. Because we'll know what we can eat that, that will really propel us a lot of miles. Now, this may sound a little strange, but I know a, a really good food to eat before cycling is a Subway sandwich, a tuna sandwich. Miles and tuna. Miles and tuna. There's lots of miles and tuna. I tell you, there's also miles and peanut butter. And the the sport I play, there are some of the people I play with who will not <laughs> happily play if the they banana. cannot have their bananas. Yeah. There's a and ref, it's about the potassium. There's a ref friend of hers who really, literally will not go out there unless she's eating a banana. You want to tell her, you know, maybe three or four hours ago you should probably should eat that banana, but, oh, she won't do it. It's almost like a talisman. And the referees in this sport are not standing there on the sidelines no, they're blowing whistles tail. at people. They're busting tail. Uh, we're they're running up and down looking. the sidelines. and uh, You know, they're really, they're taking as much or more of a workout, some of them do, than the participants. So if you're into buying the electrolyte packs, that might not be a bad thing if you, for your bug out bag, if you think you might be walking in the summer. They have those little uh, drink packets. Make sure there's a decent amount of potassium as well as sodium in those guys. Another good thing is the energy bars. Look, watch the energy bars. I know, for example, we're not, we don't represent any company here, but I know, for example, Cliff has a really good uh, formulation going on with their energy bars as far as the, the, the proper salts go. They yeah, do a really good careful. job. They do a really good job on everything. They're probably... I think the best, anyway. Yeah, some energy energy bars and things are more like glorified candy bars, and some have decent science behind them. And that well, you you take a Cliff Bar though. You take a Cliff Bar, one of those chocolate ones, and you drop that in your in your uh, back pocket of your cycling jersey, okay? And you go twenty miles. And when you're cycling, guys, you're leaning over so the sun is warming up that cookie in your back pocket. And then you're sweating. Of course, it's in a plastic container so you know it's not like gross or anything <laughs> and you get it there and man that thing is nice and warm and it's a cookie and it's not like those mean race across america people <laughs> we've told that story before i think but race across america we were like uh, a, a guy was coming in and you know race across america it's a bicycle race where they just don't get off the bike they just ride the way all the way across america as far as they can and get off, stay off the bike as little as possible Guy comes into town, and we're in the middle of Missouri. He's like, ah, can I have one of those cookies? And his manager says, no, you can't have any cookies so you get to Ohio. <laughs> cookies in Ohio. Guy gets back on his bike. Cookies. It's like, Ohio. dang. <laughs> I got to get to Ohio. Ohio is nowhere near Missouri. It's two states across. Two states is a long way on a bicycle, folks. They are. Even skinny it. states like Illinois and, and Indiana are. Of course, there are states and there are states. You know, you get one of those long states. Oh, we Iowa is wide state. Nebraska. Nebraska. We did uh, Wisconsin north to south. 
Wisconsin, we did it on the shortest possible way, except for Door County, which we went around the thumb. Because it's pretty. But that was gorgeous. But, uh, you know, when you get on these long, multi-day bike rides, you just really have to start paying attention to that stuff. So, anyway, we're going to wrap this up. Keep hydrated, but keep salts and look for potassium as well as sodium. Don't overdo it because it'll spike your blood pressure if you eat too much of the salt. Watch your body weight. If it starts going up or your clothes start feeling tight, you're retaining too much water, you're probably overdoing it a little bit. If you're getting too light and your urine's getting dark, then you're probably underdoing the hydration. If you're cramping, try a little more uh, potassium and maybe some sodium. Right. At when least it, that's what I do. When I'm not comes, a physician. When it comes to uh, working out, though, in, in, in the hot, or working in the hot, you want to pee about clear. You don't want to pee yellow. If you're peeing yellow, that means you need to, to uh, that means more water, frankly. And this this is something that comes from the Army. This is something that comes from, from pretty much anybody who does this kind of thing. They want, to, they want you to be peeing white, peeing clear. It but, always should be clear, pretty much colorless. Right. If it's really, really yellow, and it's not first thing in the morning, I mean, to be fair, you know, that's probably means there's a time to get more hydration in you. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to hang this one up, and we'll catch you next time. This is Mr. and Mrs. Electrolyte <laughs> signing off. <laughs>